2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Tom Ackerman. I'm Megan Lynch. Cease and desist letters sent to three local school districts from the Office of Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. His action claims that Webster Grove schools are discriminating on the basis of race in hiring. Lindbergh schools in admittance to the gifted program and Parkway schools on the basis of religious groups. KMOX's Michael Calhoun questioned Bailey about the allegations.
1: Hey, Michael, thank you so much for having me on.
0: So first of all, how did you come to be aware of these allegations? Uh, I don't see any subpoenas. So what kind of uh, evidence do you already have to uh, kind of bear these out?
1: Well, we've had parents reach out in each of these instances and alert us to these racist and discriminatory policies at the schools. And in the case of Lindbergh, at least, the, the district published the policy, or at least a portion of it online. And so we've taken not only uh, statements from witnesses, but also uh, conducted independent investigation. And these are cease and desist letters. We're putting these school districts on notice that discrimination based on race or religion is illegal under the Constitution. It's illegal under federal law and certainly under state law as well.
0: Now, in the the Lindbergh letter, you write, if these reports are true, Lindbergh School District is discriminating on the basis of race in both uh, direct violation of both state and federal law. Now, that word, if these reports are true, Lindbergh says we're deeply disappointed that he did not reach out to us first to obtain accurate information before posturing on social media with a statement that is not grounded in facts. Uh, What facts do you have behind these then?
1: Well, that they had it published on their website. And then we've had parents report in that they are, in fact, using race based criteria for their gifted programs. They've lowered the threshold criteria for quote unquote, underrepresented racial or ethnic populations. And the district policy is to achieve a 20% equity index. That means that they're going to allow certain people into programs that maybe have not qualified for those programs. And that's discriminatory against the people that are lowering the threshold to as well, because that means that those individuals are going to constantly have a stigma attached about how they did or didn't get into this kind of program. So, These types of programs are are illegal under Missouri law, and we will pursue whatever means necessary to put a stop to it.
0: taking a look at Lindbergh, they sent a a letter uh, responding to this. They say they do have a goal for certain demographics to be included in programs, but they don't uh, exclude anybody, and they also don't just let anybody in. At least the district says, every student who meets the selection requirements gets to get in, and all students do have to meet IQ requirements that are established by the state to get in.
1: Well, that then the question then becomes, why are they publishing the fact that they've lowered the threshold criteria for underrepresented racial or ethnic populations? What they're telling you there is that anybody who meets the standard gets in. But what they're not saying is whether or not the standard is the same across all ethnic and and racial lines.
0: These districts are responding strongly. Parkway sent us uh, one that says uh, the accusations are unfounded, that all four high schools uh, have longstanding fellowship of Christian athletes clubs, and they have uh, Jewish Student Union, the Muslim Student Union, the Catholic Faith Club uh, in all of their high schools. What's the reaction to Parkway?
1: Yeah, certainly. I hope that that's true, and I hope that the evidence bears that out, because discrimination based on on religion is still discriminatory. And the reports that we had was, was that the school district was interfering with a, a group of students who were trying to form a Fellowship of Christian and Athletes Club. And we need more of these types of faith-based clubs in these schools. And again, these are clubs that meet after school and don't use, uh, don't interfere with the regular learning uh, of the school. So these are important clubs and, and certainly are protected under the constitution and Missouri law.
0: And what's the concern? Is it, is it that the clubs are allowed to exist or the support of the clubs or, or what's the concern with Parkway?
1: Well, all of the above. I mean, look, the clubs absolutely have a right to exist and the students have a right to form these clubs, but the school has to allow that process to play out. And if the school is vex harassing or delaying that process or interfering with the student's ability to form these clubs, that equally is problematic.
0: And the the last school district involved, Webster Groves, they uh, sent a letter that says that your letter was, quote, ridiculous. Uh, The Webster Groves School District has not and will not discriminate against anyone in hiring based on the person's race. However, the district is interested in having a diverse faculty, uh, the district says. And so where exactly does the the district go awry here?
1: Well, if the district is using a DEI program or using racial preference in uh, interviewing applications or prioritizing applications or hiring, Again, that is discriminatory. And so, what they're saying is that they have some aspiration of diversity. Well, how are they achieving that aspiration? If it's to uh, promote certain races over others, that is, in fact, discriminatory.
0: Where does it cross the line if the district is really focusing on uh, recruitment and going uh, to try to encourage people to apply, but if they don't use that as criteria when they make the actual hiring decision?
1: Well, it violates the law if somebody is given preferential treatment. Those lines get blurry, but at the end of the day, we're guided by the law, and there's ample case law to define where those lines are, and that certainly the school district has access to that law.
0: Now, one of the things uh, that seems to be a trend with the the reaction from the school districts, Lindbergh, for instance, is upset that you didn't ask first uh, before sending this letter and making it public. What kind of efforts um, have you had to engage these districts in dialogue before kind of going public like this?
1: Yeah, look, this has started with uh, Senator Eric Schmidt when he was state attorney general, and he sunshined several records from schools on several of these topics. And the schools are always resistant. They want to charge exorbitant fees or not allow the attorney general access to the records and certainly at my office we don't charge any fees for for public records so but we are setting the standard in access and transparency and these school districts had not complied in the past so there's a pattern of behavior here in resistance to outsiders looking in and getting a peek behind the curtain and the other that which raises a whole other concern and we certainly have seen this in the Winston school district where uh the school boards are making decisions behind closed doors in closed meetings and so we need to make sure that the schools are transparent We've been in dialogue with schools in the past that has not been fruitful dialogue. And so at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that the law is followed. And this is the tool we have at our disposal.
0: You mentioned that these began with tips from parents. Are you getting a lot of those coming into your office?
1: Nonstop. I'm here to tell you that parents are concerned about what's going on in these schools. They reach out to my office constantly. There are parents groups that have formed in these communities. And it's a very organic uh, grassroots movement. I think that COVID set a lot of this off. And I think parents look at what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, and realize that if they empower themselves and get involved, then they can make real change.
0: And how does your office go through? I mean, has it required, if you've got this, like, mass of tips coming in, have you had to hire extra staff or or any kind of overtime, or or how do you go through all of this? No,
1: we use uh, extant staff to process these sorts of uh, constituent concerns and complaints and and to take appropriate action.
0: Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, thank you for joining us on KMOX.